0: they scooped me up off the sidewalk put me in the ambulance and started to take me downtown and i'm at that point then i'm kind of in and out of consciousness and uh i said to the guy that's in the ambulance with me i said uh how much longer and so he radioed up to the people driving and i forget exactly what they said but i said man hey listen i'm not i'm not some old lady i mean i know when i'm hurt and I'm not gonna make it that long.
1: Where can you turn when you're in pain? Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. Where you'll get immediate access to expert orthopedic specialists, physical therapy, and imaging at 15 convenient locations throughout the greater Cincinnati area. When you're in pain, turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. Visit beaconortho.com to schedule your appointment. That's the Beacon
0: Difference.
1: Coach, appreciate you uh, taking some time. You know, I think recruiting season's coming. Uh, out of your busy schedule, join Kyle and myself here on the Underdog Podcast.
0: My pleasure, fellas.
2: Us us Miami Trails guys, as we talked about before the podcast, here in Cincinnati have to stick together. Yeah, yeah. So you better watch you're, out, Calvin.
1: You're going way back. Going way back. <laughs> um, so, Coach, I say this every episode. As I mentioned, we're 80 episodes, give or take, into this. And with this being the underdog, we try to find some of those adverse moments um, or maybe just moments where you maybe have struggled throughout your career um, and have overcome some level of adversity. And one moment we wanted to go back to was um, – Back in 2002, um, when when you had your heart attack, I was listening to an interview um, recently that you had, and the gentleman talked about the world stopping in 2020. And you mentioned, you know, your life has basically come to a stop, uh, you know, a handful of times. And so I wanted to really go back to 2002 and talk about um, that day and what you remember from that day uh,
0: and, and those events that led up to that. Well, I remember a lot about it. I was I was I was in Pittsburgh, which I was quite often trying to recruit Danny Fordson, and I was staying at the airport. I started staying at the airport rather than down at the Marriott because I could just walk across and didn't have to. I'd get another fifteen minutes of sleep or so. <laughs> and I'm I'm walking across there, and I started sweating like crazy, just sweat pouring, and uh, I got to the to the sidewalk and down i went and you know it's crazy i remember i remember a lady uh saying we've got to call somebody but nobody remembers the lady nobody they're saying they never got a call Is i don't know if i if i dreamed it or whatever happened but i'm on a sidewalk and they they scooped me up off the sidewalk put me in the ambulance and Started to take me downtown. And I'm at that point, then I'm kind of in and out of consciousness. And uh, I said to the guy that's in the ambulance with me, I said, uh, How much longer? And so he radioed up to the people driving, and I forget exactly what they said, but I said, Man, hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not some old lady. I mean, I know when I'm hurt, and I'm not going to make it that long. And I heard him say, "Abort, abort, abort!" And I kind of passed out again. And when I woke up, he was paying a lot more attention to me then, uh, than 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 what he had prior. And and uh, he said, "Coach, listen." He said, uh, "I'm John Calipari's cousin, and I can't let you die until he beats you at least once." <laughs> so and, and then I then you know they they so they ch- changed and went to another hospital and closer hospital and they did a they did an unbelievable job but it's kind of like you're kind of like sitting up there looking down and watching them work on you it's kind of it's kind of freaky actually and uh, i i woke up in a room and this uh the nurse came in and said would you like to have some um uh, would you like to have some cream on your burns and I said, honey, I think you got the wrong person. I didn't get burnt. I had a heart attack. And she said, you might want to lift up your gown and and look at your chest. And uh, I'm going to leave. I'll be back in just a little bit. And I had, I had some pretty good burns on my chest from where they kept hitting me with the paddles. But uh, well, I've been good, man. I'm blessed, you know. Wasn't my time. God said we need to have him around a little longer. Yeah, we're, sure we're sure glad
2: we're sure glad that you stuck around. That's for sure, no
1: doubt. Now, in my personal opinion, and I think a lot of people would agree, you know, and I have coached before that you know you are in a profession that is very very enjoyable, very very high stress. You're in a public, you're you are a public figure, um, and it, it's documented that you did have. This has always been something in the back of your mind. Throughout my research, I saw that I believe your father had a heart attack before the age of forty. So, you know, what did you? Before, did anything change? You know, before you had this event um, to after, and as far as you know, life and maybe your approach and and just how
0: you viewed, you know, everything moving forward. For a little while, for a little while, changed, and then you get back to get back to doing what you do. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. You get all kind of things. I uh, skip Rosser's high school coach, I think it was. Uh, called me and said you, know, you need to eat the hottest pepper you can stand every night and drink a glass of red wine and uh i was okay with the red wine part <laughs> I, was, I, I, I i was pretty diligent about that part the other part was a little rougher but then my wife accused me of getting a bigger glass you know uh, as time went on he said a glass he didn't say oh, what size so yeah,
2: that's great. You know, you
0: you know what's crazy, fellas, is my uh there are three of three of three boys and four girls in in my family. And of course I had a heart my dad had a heart attack, I had a heart attack. My the the next brother had a heart attack. He he played at Rice and then my youngest brother just recently had a heart attack and he played at Ohio State. So um it's definitely hereditary and you know it runs in the family so if someone in your family had it you need to be careful
2: right wow yeah no i when i was playing played football at my of ohio we both did and uh, my dad actually got life flighted while i was in spring ball i'll never forget and uh, we were actually um i I went to go visit him in columbus ohio at the hospital and it's definitely one of those things where you're not thinking about it at least i wasn't as a young man my father and probably for you, I mean, maybe it crossed your mind, as you mentioned, but, man, it's it's definitely a different – when he was all – like you said, you got all these wires and stuff. It, it, it definitely puts things in perspective um, for life, at least for me with my father. So going back, to, I guess you said, Coach, it, it changed for a little bit. You know, obviously you had a great year last year with uh, actually a kid here from Cincinnati, Deuce, uh, Miles McBride from Muller High School right here in our hometown. Um, and going back to, I guess – the success you've had at let's just focus on West Virginia we can go backwards to here in Cincinnati but how have you built that program you know kind of going from a basketball sense now and recovered from some of those health issues and now you've had really obviously an incredible Hall of Fame career.
0: Well I gotta tell you this but I, uh, I was blessed I was blessed um, growing up in a basketball family I was blessed that a guy named Ed Janka who ran all the Nike clinics throughout the country uh, became a very close and dear friend of mine. And uh, as a young guy at, at the university of Akron, uh, he would, he would have me on. I was always Sunday morning, you know, when everybody, that those who showed up, showed up hung over and, uh, but it was great. I, I was, I'd go in on Friday. I'd be the first one in there. I'd get over in the corner, sit in the corner and I'd listen to, to, Jim Valvano I'd listen to you know whomever whomever was on the clinic and Tark and everybody and I got to I got to know those guys I got to listen to them talk about their experiences and philosophy and I remember Abe Abe Lemons came over to me one time and, and Abe was great with the one liners maybe the best there ever was and he came over and he said uh he said listen son you think you're invisible, inv- invincible, but you ain't. You just ain't. And uh, I, I, I always think about that, you know, because we all get to I think at some point in time thinking we are. But the reality is none of us are. But that the opportunity to be around those guys, I think, in a lot of ways, because I think the thing that you, that you understand, the more you're around uh, greatness – is there's no, it, it's not a, a, a map. It's not like you can grab a map and figure out how to get from Morgantown to Cincinnati. That's pretty easy. There's no map, you know. Everybody has to has to coach their own personality. They have to be their self. I think the one thing that young people are really, really good at is they they know who's for real and they know who's not. And they know a phony from a real dude and and so I think I think I learned that I, I learned that being around greatness being around all the guys of that era that were the greatest coaches in 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 a lot of ways the history of basketball and they were all different they all did things different they all acted different they were all different people but they took advantage of I think what they had the the uh, the things that's that, that stood out, the things that, you know, people um found great in them. And and so uh I think the thing I learned was just, you know, you gotta be me. I gotta be me. I can't be I can't be anybody else. You know, I think growing up I I looked and 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 really admired what Coach Knight did. Uh, but I'm not Coach Knight uh any more than Coach Knight's me. So I think that's I think that's important. I think it's important for young people to figure out who they are and and what they can do, what they can do to to uh, continue to to uh, be the best that they can possibly be.
1: I want to talk about that realness that you just mentioned. Um, we had Mick Cronin on, and we and I know he's you know from your coaching tree and, and spent a lot of his early years learning from you and he, he, and he talked about you to the utmost when we had him on. Um, and the perception that I had of Coach Cronin before we had him, had him on the show was a short guy who yells all the time. And I'm like, how is that effective? I love Mick Cronin now. And then seeing what he's done at UCLA, the perception someone may have of you, yelling on the sidelines, all the media shows, but there's an iconic moment of you um with, with Deshaun Butler when he when he hurt his knee and you're on the ground holding him and consoling him. Um and, and that's the realness I think you're talking about. Can you talk about that moment and just the genuineness that comes from of who you are and, and,
0: and what that means to you? Well, I think that the, the eerie thing for me was it happened to Kenyon. Yes. Yes. And, 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 you know, I, I don't know that I've ever been closer to, to any player, uh, as I was with Kenyon. And, and to see how far he came, um, just to, to, I, I listen to him now on television and it just, it blows me away. You know, because there was a guy who uh, had to work really, really hard at speech and and uh, work really, really hard at being a basketball player. But the thing that you know, everybody talks about have no fear, Kenyon Martin had no fear. And that was when I had Danny Fortson, and I had art long. and I had those guys that were big, strong, tough guys and Kenyon never backed down Kenyon never backed down uh and he continued to grow and get better and he continued to love the game I think more and more and then all of a sudden you know we 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 were without a question the best team in America and I don't think it was even close and we're in a conference tournament and he sets a down screen. It was a cross screen, down screen that guys have done for a hundred years and nobody's ever gotten hurt. And so we set a cross screen, down screen and the guy runs into him and breaks his leg. And the thing that I remember going out to Kenyon was, you know, why coach, why, uh, all I wanted to do was win the national championship for you. And, uh, you know, man, I get I get I get tears running down my face thinking about it, that here's a guy who's who's going to be the number one pick in the draft, who was unquestionably the best player in the country, who had just broken his leg. And he's worried about me. And that I, I think that that uh, that says a lot about the character uh, of Kenyon Martin and uh so you know we so I try to I try to talk to him, console him, you know we get him to the hospital. almost at the beginning of the second half, he's on the bench. He's on the bench, uh, trying to help coach, uh, trying to encourage guys um, unbelievable and 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 really basically, there goes you know our best chance of of having a national champion. And I remember coming back from Memphis, and the ride from the airport to the uh, uh, to the shoe, and people with uh, bed sheets strung across their porch. Thanks for the memories. With the four being a four, not an F O R, uh, all throughout the city, and uh, I think. Even though we didn't win a national championship, I think that's that is one of the most touching moments maybe in the history of Cincinnati sports. Uh how much people genuinely cared. <clears throat> and the same thing with Deshaun Butler. You know, when 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 Day went down, and you knew it was bad when he went down, and I went over, it was the same thing. You know, it was he was worried about. He was worried about his team he was worried about his teammates way more than he was worried about himself and i guess you know i think to a degree maybe that's what made those two guys so great was they were they were selfless you know they didn't they didn't they didn't play basketball uh, for any other reason than loving it and they loved they loved their teammates uh, they, they loved their university and uh, you know, being with Day, and that's – he pretty much said the same thing. Coach, why? Why now? Why now? Uh, all I wanted to do was win the national championship for you and, and for the school and for my teammates. And it was never – with either one of them, it was never, am I going to ever be able to play again? Why did this happen to me? It was never, ever anything like that with either one of those guys. And I think that's what, I think that's what makes it special. You know, and, and Deshaun Butler is, you know, we're blessed here. I mean, we have Jerry West here. We had Hot Rod Huntley here. Uh, we had Rod Thorne here. Three Hall of Famers. Three Naismith Basketball Hall of Famers. And Deshaun Butler sits right there with them. You know, in I think in the hearts of uh, of the people here in the state of West Virginia, much like Kenyon Martin, still is is on the hearts of Cincinnatians that's because of the kind of people they were.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and the one thing you said, love each other. We actually just released uh, Indiana football coaches Tom Allen today, and he uses LEO, love each other, and I think that's a kind of a common theme recently, especially in the podcast of success is the care, not just from the coaches but from the players and would you say, Coach, as far as Day and um, Kenyon, you know, as far as players and, and the impacts? I know a lot of the coaches say that the players have impacted them just as much as hopefully the you have impacted your players. Would you feel that's a pretty fair statement from the guys that you've coached that they've given back to you?
0: I don't think there's any question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, no. and there's there there's there, there's no question. You know, you learn you learn so much. Uh, I've been doing this. I think close to 40 years, if, if that's possible. <laughs> um, you know, I had, I had a guy call me on the phone. I hadn't talked to him in a long, long time. He was my center at the University of Akron, my, my first center, my first team at the University of Akron. And he said, coach, can I come down and spend some time? I said, sure. So he came down, we had a game, you know, he went to the game, came back, stayed with me at my house, uh, stayed, went to practice the next day. You know, we sat, we talked uh, that night, uh, stayed that night, got up in the morning, left, went back to Akron. Two days later, he died of a heart attack. Um, you know, and you say, you know, why? You know, why, 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 why would God take um, s- someone away from us who is a incredible human being? But you know the, it, it 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 just it it seems so um, unreal, unlikely or whatever. After all those years, why did he call me then? You know why did he why did he want to come and and spend time? Uh, you know, he, I wonder. Did he know? You know that it was that that he was about to die. I I don't think so. But you know those kind of things are. mean it's eerie you know Mm -hmm. yeah but I guess when you do it as long as I've done it there's a lot of things that that happen that you don't understand
1: Um, what would you say you've you've been known to when you come in in, 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 and turn the program around I mean UC struggled since 1977 before you took over um, in 89 and you were able to uh, you know go to the tournament I think it by your third season um, when you talk about a lot of these guys, what do you look for when you're recruiting these young guys? You know, Trestle talks about what is it? Selflessness, um, high, expectations. high expectations and uh, oh, goodness. Now you're putting me on. The I spot. know I put you on the spot, but there's a third one that Coach gratitude has, and gratitude that Coach yep. Trestle talks about. What would you say um, are some of those characteristics that you look for when you're turning around a program or even just continually trying to, you know, stay at the at the mountaintop?
0: Well, I'd say this first Tress is a lot smarter than I am.
1: <laughs> if, if he's
0: figured that out. Um, that's why I guess he's a university president and I'm still coaching <laughs> you know. Shoot. You know, I, I don't I mean, I go you you go watch guys and I mean obviously you you you're attracted to guys who won make shots or guys that i go you go watch Kenyon i watched Kenyon the first time i saw me block 17 shots that gets your attention <laughs> you know i don't know about gratitude and all that other stuff that <laughs> tress was talking about but you block 17 shots you've got my undivided attention i can tell you that right now um true <laughs> i mean you go look for guys can play yeah you know that's that's the first thing and then you know, and and really, the way the rules were back then, you weren't allowed to talk to them. You weren't really allowed anything until the the recruiting period started. So you know, you could you could you had well, I think one phone call a week or something like that. I, you know, and I've never been a big phone guy because I just I wanted I want to look guys in the eye. You know, I want to look them in the eye and 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 see if I can figure out. You know, do they care? I think that's the big thing for me, man. I, I want guys that care. I don't want guys that doesn't mean something to, Yeah. I, I, I want them to care. I want them to care about, care about themselves and, and, and their betterment and where they're going to go with their life. I want them to obviously care about their families. And, and when you say families, you know, my, my guys have always been, we are family, you know, every team I've ever had. And I, and I didn't have to talk to them about that. And I didn't have to convince him of that. I mean, they, they said, you know, Hey man, you're part of the family. Now this is what we do, you know, and then, and, and probably they say, don't piss hugs off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I think you would see coach. I mean, we, we've talked to some former players and just being around Cincinnati. I've been for like 12, 13 years and people, like you said, Mick Crump, but guys love you, right? And I remember my high school coach, he was a tough, tough guy, but I loved him so much for that. And I think there's something about tough love. Um, and uh, before we get to rapid fire, can you touch upon, I mean, obviously your players, um, you know, play extremely hard. I mean, I think that's, you watch a game, you know, people that know you, you know, can you talk about tough love and, and getting the most out of your guys as well? Cause I think a lot of people like us in business per se, are, how do you get the most out of somebody? And obviously I think you get the most, you you have talented guys like a Kenya Martin, but you're also developing guys to be better. Can you talk about a little bit of tough love?
0: I don't let them vote on it. We, we don't vote. Sure. It, it's, it's, it's very much an anarchy. It's you're going to do it or else. And, and they understand that. I mean, and, they're not dumb they understand they understand i think for the most part i mean some guys kind of try to trick guys you know that it's going to be this and it's going to be this and it's going to be this and it's not i mean in in, in a lot of ways the guys i recruit against help me they help me considerably because they say you want to go play for him oh he's tough man I mean, he, he gonna he's gonna make you he's gonna make you play hard. He's you know he's gonna he's gonna run you. He's gonna put you on a treadmill. He's gonna do all those things. And they they help me. I mean, mm-hmm. They help me because I don't now I don't get I don't get a lot of soft guys. Right. So, soft soft guys run from things like that. The guys who really want to be good, who who really want to prove something, that's what they want. They they, they want to be special, and 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 I think that's that's what it is, man. I mean, everybody can can be on a team, put a jersey on, sit on the bench. I mean, I want guys want to be special. I want and, and if that's tough love, I I mean I don't I don't know what it is. I I, I know this. I know you can't you can't uh, spend two hours a day or three hours a day or however long you practice with guys and never see them the rest of the day, or you never spend time with them. You never ask them how they're doing, what's going on in their life. You know, is there, is there some way we can make this better? Mm -hmm. Um, That's just, that's just being a real, real person, you know? And I think you should do that, whether you're a coach or a, an engineer or a bus driver or whatever you are, you know, you ought to, you ought to try to find out how you can make whatever it is that you do better and and so i mean i i constantly do that but the other thing is man i got an open door policy i mean they can come in and talk to me whenever they want to come and talk to me it doesn't matter you know and if somebody else is in there i say excuse me but i got to take care of this and 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 go see what's on their mind because they're they're the most important uh people them and my family are the most important people in the world to me
1: yeah
0: Love and, and and that never ends that's the other thing it doesn't end you know i think a lot of guys when their eligibility's done they're done they're done with they're they're done with that player uh you know it's I, i've heard a lot of guys say say hey man you ain't my son they are mine and uh and they know that love it it's yeah. awesome Wish I, I wish I was a hooper, man. I <laughs> you can't have hoop.
2: died to play for you. So anyway, right,
1: so we got a few uh, rapid fire questions, uh, and we want to be respectful of your time. So we'll, we'll, we'll run through these pretty quick. Um, in our research, uh, I found a funny story, and I'd love for you to maybe elaborate on a little bit. Um, early in the early '90s, um, you were, I think, wearing a three-piece suit, and AD at UC at the time mentioned uh, said. You look like you're uncomfortable. You said, I am uncomfortable. Uh, and you haven't worn a suit then. But can you talk a little bit about that story? I guess I just kind of told the whole damn story.
0: <laughs> I was walking off the floor. I was walking off the floor at halftime. I was soaking wet. I mean soaked, just like sweat dripping. And and the AD at the time, uh, who's a liar, by the way, <laughs> uh, he said, he said, he said, why don't, why don't you go in there and put a pullover on or something? And so, I, so I came back out with a pull, pullover, and I've never worn a suit since. Uh, but then that was one of the things he used whenever they ran me out, that I didn't wear a suit, I didn't dress appropriately, I didn't do this. And he's the one who told me to put the pullover on. <laughs> so, you know, uh, he's a liar. <laughs> I don't mind playing <laughs> it. He's a liar because he, 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 he used that against me uh, when – Really, he's the one that told me to do it. I mean, I probably eventually would have done it anyway. You look good, Coach. You know what, man? Hey, when we're in the Big East, you know, you go in New York and that. So, you get – so, these guys are, you know, they're all – the sports writers are dressed up, you know. I mean, in Cincinnati, they wear, you know, like flannel shirts and stuff. You know, New York, you go in, they look clean and all that. And the guy starts asking me, like, you know, uh, why don't you wear a suit? I said I'm not a banker. Bankers wear suits. I mean, how, how many people you know run around wearing a suit? It's not a banker. You know? Yeah. I used to go downtown. I'd go in the, you know, in the in the buildings downtown, and you know, if guys had suits on, I'd turn around and leave. You know, I don't want to talk to those guys anyways. Ain't your scene. That ain't me, man.
2: So what was the uh, little Cincinnati question? What was your your favorite place to dine? What was I know uh, you lived at the bottom of the hill, I believe Sleepy Hollow, which is now lo- no longer Sleepy Hollow by the way, it's called Kirby's. But on the way up to our neighborhood, there's a bar at the bottom. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah, I heard uh, Sleepy Hollow was a spot maybe. But what what's your uh, favorite Cincinnati spot to uh, eat?
0: Well, Sleepy Hollow was very convenient and, and the food actually was was good, mm-hmm. uh, and and my my kids loved it. Uh, my wife loved it so we ate we ate a quite a bit of sleepy Hollow. but your favorite place in town's gotta be montgomery inn man yes sir say Otto, no more although although you know jeff ruby has pretty good steak
2: yeah no doubt and you're having a uh you're raising some awareness which i think we're gonna try to get a table at for an event coming up here want to throw a shout out i think it's june 14th you just tweeted it out and i know uh, some other people are talking about it it's raising um, awareness and, and dollars for cancer. Can you touch upon that event that's coming up?
0: Yeah, I lost my mother way too early to cancer. And, um, you know, people, people pass away and we, we send cards, we send flowers. You know, we, we try to show our appreciation. And I said to my four sisters and two brothers, why do people do that? I mean, I would rather somebody, you know, send a check for 5 or $10 or whatever and we can start an endowment that maybe one day we can help cure cancer. And, and so that's what we did when my mother passed away. And, and I started an endowment. I'm, I, was, I was at Cincinnati and I was head coach at Cincinnati still. And I called a friend of mine. Who uh worked here at West Virginia, and he said, Well, you know, you can start an endowment. He said, Everybody wants to do it, but you know, really it generally it doesn't work. the you know, people don't people forget, which they do. Um so I started an endowment here in my mother's name, Norma May Hawkins uh Cancer Endowment Fund. And I continued through the years. You know, if I did a speaking engagement or whatever, and somebody actually paid me to speak, which was very rare in Cincinnati, by the way, uh, you guys will find that out. Uh, <laughs> everybody's happy to have you. There's not, there's just don't want to pay you. Uh, but anyway, so if I did get paid, I I would uh, I'd put the money in 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 my mom's foundation, and we are over three million dollars now wow. in in that endowment. Uh, we are on in in the process of building a cancer hospital here on the campus of west virginia university uh and it will be the norma may huggins um cancer center
2: fantastic all right yeah absolutely yeah
0: great work. we're really excited about very very proud of and uh we're we're getting ready to kick that off and and go generate some funds and, and get that, get that built. But, uh, you know, my mom, my mom meant the world to me and it'll be the greatest thing that I, I think I could ever do. And for, uh, my, in my mother's name, but as importantly or more importantly for the people in the state of West Virginia.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Last question. Speaking of West Virginia, we couldn't get him to do it, but coach Brown turned us down, but take me home. Can we get a little, uh, Little uh, rhythm there, little little singing for us.
0: No, I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that that's why, like you know, when you win, when you win a big game, you know, and you get guys like Eric Hicks and Max Seal and yep. those guys, they're out there dancing. I can't sing. I can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: why you recruit those guys
0: Yeah. Well, so, so the obvious thing to do is get the hell out of there before somebody tries to make you do it
1: I think he's trying to tell us he's trying is, to get the hell
2: out of here yeah that's too much <laughs> well uh, that's awesome well thank you coach this was fantastic
1: can I ask can, one last question? yeah go ahead this is the last one we ask every guest at the end of every show um, and I'll lay it out there like this real quick um, before you answer we hope that you would agree to help us make it happen um, and so the question is who is one person you think that we should have as a guest here on the underdog
2: podcast?
0: Um, athletic person,
2: anybody who who comes to mind for you that has a good underdog story or overcoming adversity,
0: Jared Calhoun, Jared Calhoun, Jared Calhoun. Let me let me give you this real quick. Jared Calhoun. Jared Calhoun was, uh, uh, he's a Cleveland guy. Uh, he got involved in AAU. He 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 wore me out. So I I made him a GA at UC, and he went from being a GA to being a, a like the part-time coach. To he came with me here, uh, was my ops guy, and and then uh, worked like crazy to get the Fairmont State job. Uh, I think lost the national championship two times and got the youngstown state job he's done a terrific job at youngstown state but he loves cincinnati and would would do a great job on your show and he's uh, probably what 30 years younger than i am so he would bring a a much uh, a younger brighter more enthusiastic <laughs> approach than what i do
2: oh man i love it this I is love great. it. you you're a legend in our book and no matter what, if they don't pay you when you come to Cincinnati, nonetheless, we love you. Yes, so. sir. <laughs> yes, sir. We'll have to uh, raise some money. So, anyone that's listening to this, please uh, support a great cause uh, June 14th. So, uh, we'll also release it with the episode and we'll, we'll help hopefully raise some awareness and dollars uh, in, in your mom's name as well. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, what, a, what an accomplishment that is. So, congratulations on that and, and everything you're doing and really appreciate your time today.
0: Well, I appreciate you guys having me. All right, I, I, I love Cincinnati, I guys. I mean, I I, I love living there. Uh, love the people of Cincinnati, and they have—I got to say this—they have been terrific to me.
1: Yeah, I was here a couple of weeks. Ago. I was I was at the game, I think, two years ago when you came back and they honored you, and the crowd went nuts just just having you come back.
2: They love Huggy Bear.
0: <laughs> they've, been, they've, they've been terrific. Yeah, they've been absolutely terrific, and I I appreciate it greatly.
2: Well, we love you. I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. I love you, Coach. You're a staple
1: in the city, man. Thank you for your time, man. And good luck to you this off season and going into the next year and all the years to come. Much more success.
0: Thank you, Appreciate all right.
1: you. All right, Coach. We'll see you. Take Bye.
0: care. Bye.